This is exactly right. Forgive me for interrupting. I'm Bridger Weiniger, host of I Said No Gifts on Exactly Right. Each week, I invite my favorite people in comedy over to chat, and they always bring a gift. We're coming up on our 200th episode, and every episode is a gem. I have welcomed all kinds of great guests, including Cola Scola, Bowen Yang, Robbie Hoffman. It goes on and on and on. And you don't want to miss the 200th episode with the great Maria Bamford. What does she bring me? Find out April 25th. New episodes every Thursday. Follow I Said No Gifts wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Parent Footprint Podcast with Dr. Dan. I'm Dr. Dan, your host. And let me tell you a little bit about Parent Footprint, where our mission is to make the world a more loving and compassionate place, one parent and one child at a time. At Parent Footprint, we firmly believe the key to raising happy, healthy, and engaged kids is for parents to seek the same in their own lives, happiness, health, and engagement. A foundation of this belief is awareness. With increased awareness, you can create your own vision of successful parenting and parent with intention and purpose to leave a healthy footprint on your children. Today's show is called Everybody Loves Grace with Katie McQuaid, and I cannot wait to tell you about Katie, who is so interesting Katie spent more than three decades in the CIA, including 12 years living abroad. Her work in communities all over the world and the endearing, unconditional love of her four-legged muse, Grace, inspired her to write the Everybody Loves Grace series of illustrated books. Parents, kids of all ages, executives, and organizational leaders hail the series as a beacon of hope and inspiration for anyone navigating change or challenging circumstances. Katie's the founder of McQuaid Corporate Performance and is a graduate of Penn State University where she attended on a full scholarship, lettered all four years as a swimmer, and earned a Bachelor's of Science degree in Finance. She is also a graduate of the Vanguard Executive Developmental Program at Duke University, the Pinnacle Executive Leader Program at Kellogg School of Management, and is currently finalizing her studies to become a certified trainer for Conscious Transformation. Katie's goal is to support people and organizations in experiencing success, meaningful, and empowered transformations. Right on. Katie, welcome to the show. Thank you, Dr. Dan. Thanks for having me. Let's start with this career you had in the CIA. And, and I mean, obviously, it's, it's informed your career, which I want to talk about today. How, how, how did you become a CIA agent? Well, I grew up in Northern Virginia, which is right out, which is where the headquarters for the CIA is. And when I graduated from Penn State, um, my family encouraged me to go into government service. And the CIA offered me an opportunity to travel and see the world and do work that I loved. And I signed up right out of college to go to work for the CIA. And you did that for quite some time. Yes, I was uh, with the CIA for 32 years. That is impressive. What can you tell us 
and I'm sure there's plenty you can't tell us. But how 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 did this how did this experience, you know, inform your life and eventually your latest work? Well, I have to tell you, when I went to work for the CIA, I thought I'll do this for two or three years and figure out what I really want to do with my life after that. And then what I realized was that I had these wonderful opportunities to do meaningful work, serve our country, and at the same time, get to know new cultures around the world. And what it did for me was I just learned to have faith that anything I was asked to do, I could step into it fully and no challenge was too great. So something that I did is that is quite unique is I moved every three years of my adult life. I would go to a new country or come back to the United States. And it was through that that I learned some valuable life lessons that while I, the work was exciting and important to the security of our country and for some of our partners overseas, um, it really informed me the importance of getting to know people, how important and valuing new cultures and valuing people just no matter where they are in life. And that's really what I took away from my 32 years at the CIA. Um, I did start as a junior officer and through the years, I got additional responsibilities, additional more people to manage, more operations to oversee, more dangerous situations to live in and work in. But it was through that process, the one variable that never changed was how important people are, no matter where they are in their walk in life, to help me do what I needed to do to serve our country. And this is a message we all need to hear uh, these days with how important people are. And so then there's Grace <laughs> and Grace, your companion Grace, and then and Grace turns into a book series that helps people, young, old, corporate, leader. Um, did you expect this to happen? No, I didn't. Although... I never expected to be a children's author. Uh, that was nothing that I really thought was going to happen in my life. But the message of Grace was so strong and her ability to connect with people as we walk in the streets, no matter where we are, Grace connects with people. And it became very clear to me one day that I just had to tell her story in order to empower children and parents uh, about the value that we all have in connecting with each other and how everybody needs grace. I will share with you a little story. It happens actually quite every day. Um, but invariably, grace will go up to the a homeless person or somebody who's not well or somebody who's really dirty and they're living on the street. And she pulls me over to them. I, I don't pick who we go to. She, she goes to pretty much anybody and invariably, when we leave, I'll think, oh, Grace, we've got to get going. I've got to get home. And we'll stop for just a few minutes. And as we walk away, that person will say, you've just made my day. No, you've made my week. Thank you for stopping. And it's just that little moment in time that Grace takes with people 
and it means so much to them. She just has that ability and um, clearly has taught you so much um, that you are now teaching to everyone who will read or listen. Right. So what are what are these what are some of those the key these key lessons that Grace teaches us and you teach us? Well, I think the first lesson that Grace teaches us is that we may not know what's in store in life, what's what's our next step, whether it's our parents are moving, um, I might be starting in a new school. We don't know what's in store. But what Grace certainly teaches me and those around her is that uncertainty can turn into wonderful life experiences. You know, she got on a plane at the age of four all by herself, flew to Denver to live with me. She didn't know what was in store, but she looked at it with this glass half full. She was excited about her first plane ride. She landed at her new home in Denver and she had a big brother at the time. So I think that's her first lesson is changes can be difficult, but if we go into it with an optimistic and curious attitude, it can really be a positive experience. Another thing that Grace teaches quite clearly is simple acts of kindness can really make a difference in people's lives. You know, just her ability to take a simple situation or stop and smile at somebody that just yesterday we were at the Zion national park and this little boy just ran up to her and hugged her and just gave her the biggest bear hug. And he just needed to, he missed his dog and she provided an outlet for him to show love. And she just smiled and let him hug her. So those simple acts of kindness can truly change people's lives and have a profound effect on them, not just in that moment, but it can be an enduring, profound effect. Another thing that Grace does and teaches one of her uh, lessons is to look people in the eyes, look deeply into their eyes and connect. And there's a personal connection of love that occurs when we look at each other in the eyes. And she's a master of that. And she's taught me how to look people directly in the eyes. And then last but not least is every day is an adventure. Whether we're hiking in the mountains or we're at the national parks where we are this week or whether we're walking down the street in Denver just a regular day, every day is an adventure to Grace. Whether she's getting in the car to do errands with me or to go to a friend's house for dinner, every day is an adventure. That's what Grace likes to teach us. I want to live like Grace. Everyone listening, don't you all want to be Grace? I mean, think about this. I have to repeat these because they're so important. That uncertainty can turn into amazing life experiences. Simple acts of kindness can make a huge difference. Look people in the eye and connect. And every day is an adventure. So seemingly simple and yet so profound because of all of the obstacles that we humans tend to face. And you know, Katie, what do you what keeps people from living like grace, living these lessons and values? I think there's um what keeps people from living like grace is fear. They're afraid. But what grace teaches us is to have the courage to step out 
and know what's possible by connecting. Um, it's, it, I think it's really just about us. It's an innate fear that we have of connecting with people. Maybe I'll get hurt or, um, but if we live in fear, that makes it impossible to know what's really possible and that the love that's possible when we connect with others. And I think another thing is that we get, as people, we get caught in the day-to-day and we're on our cell phones or on computers and we don't take the time to really be present. And it's just an awareness that it's important to put those things down occasionally and really allow ourselves to connect. Absolutely. And I, the thing that's going through my head right now, so I'm just going to say it, is you know, the, the people who don't have homes, the people who have very difficult lives, the people on the corners, people in tents, people who are living in poverty or are homeless. And there's always this, should I give money? You shouldn't give money. You know, there's all these beliefs about that. And one of the things that has been really important to me and to teach my kids is respect and dignity. It's, as you're saying, is to show another human being that they matter, whether you give them a quarter or $5 or $10 or not, a hello, have a good day. I, you know, it's, it's, it's an, I see you, you matter. And, and, and that's what you're making me think about with talking about this connection and some of Grace's, um, teachings and how hard that is for so many people because of fear, because of shame or because of judgment, for example. Absolutely. Grace has no fear. She's a courageous dog (laughs) and she will go to the most unclean person on the street and spend time with them. And she has no fear. And I, as a human may have fear But she instills in me this courage. It's okay, mom. We can go to them. And it's that person that invariably says, thank you so much. And Grace sees them as a human being. And she, with this courage, there's obviously this immense amount of trust that she has Right, the, the, the counter of fear, as you said, you know, this person might hurt me physically or emotionally. Um, this person might be scary. She steps right in with a trusting, like she's not she's not holding back, worried that something bad is going to happen. Absolutely, I think the three traits that I would say are most prevalent is an openness, a willingness. Like there's an openness to approach people. She has courage and you hit it. It's trust. She has an innate trust. She trusts that things will be okay. How do parents teach this trust from your perspective via grace? And and let me add one more element of it because as we talk about in Parent Footprint, you know, we have to be aware as parents, parents have to be aware of who they are what their strengths are, what their challenges are, in order to be present and intentional about parenting their kids. So as I'm asking you, how do you help, what do you recommend for parents to teach trust? I'm also thinking, well, gosh, parents have to be able to trust too. And is maybe that, is that the start? I would agree with you. I think it starts with the parents. Um, 
if our parents trust, if, if a parent trusts themselves and they're willing to trust their child, then that tr- that teaches the child to trust. But it all begins with the parent or the individual learning to trust others and themselves and knowing, trust their own knowing and their own awareness. And then that can be passed on to the child to know how to trust and to learn to trust. And then that, that child will treat their schoolmates, their friends, they'll learn to trust others, their teammates. They'll learn to trust their parents if they're um, modeled trust by their parents. Yes. And the modeling, I just sort of had this aha, which is it's going to be really obvious when I say it, so it's not that huge. Is um, grace isn't grace isn't talking to you in words and teaching you and everyone. Grace is showing. She's she's merely she's showing how to be this way, and from that modeling and that showing, other people can follow suit. Exactly. And, and to your point, so Grace, that's exactly right. She doesn't speak. It's, she's showing how to trust, showing how to have courage, showing an openness. But I also know that Grace, I trust her. Say when she wants, I want to walk down the street a certain way and she doesn't want to go that way. I trust that there's a reason we shouldn't go that way. Right? I've learned to trust Grace. And I'll give you a great example if you're interested. Yes. One day I walked out and Grace decided to take a walk in a direction we never go in from our house in Denver. And it, and then all of a sudden I looked down the street the way we normally go and there's all these cop cars. And that, well, how Grace knew to go east instead of go west was it's an innate ability that she has. It turned out there was a somebody that had escaped from the hospital. It was a prisoner that had escaped and they were loose in our neighborhood, but Grace knew to go a different direction. And as much as I wanted to go West, she said, no mom, we're going to go East. And I trusted her and followed her direction. So I think the parenting moment in that is to learn to trust your children when they speak. (laughs) There's times that we have to listen to our kids or listen to our the younger ones as well. Yes. And we don't always know best and don't have to have the pressure to do so. Exactly. That that's that's a great example and such a wonderful parallel for the parenting journey um and leadership which you you work with leaders and I often think about, you know, some of our greatest leaders you don't know they're leading a and b they're empowering their people to be their best selves and so transformation is um, a big part of your work on an individual and on an organizational group level tell us how you see transformation and the process of transforming so thank you for that question because Transformation begins with an individual, becoming aware of our strengths, our weaknesses, 
kind of um, becoming aware of our, where our mind is at, where our emotions are at. And really, transformation starts inside with an individual. And then when, when that individual or myself, I know I'm aware of who I am, then I'm able to impact organizations, influence people's lives, and help them become aware of their strengths and weaknesses and not even weaknesses, but areas that um, they may want to work on. So transformation begins with ourselves, and then we are able to influence transformation in other people's lives and in organizations. And it's a four-part process. It's the mind, it's the emotion, it's our physical bodies, and it's also our spirit. Mind, emotion, body, and spirit. Correct. That's exactly what it is. It's the inner matrix. It's the mind, body, emotion, and our spirit. And understanding that and um, is key to transforming lives and our own life and understanding where we are. So I know this is a process and quite a process that you do, what can you tell our listeners about a, or can you tell our listeners about one key take home for each of the four elements? A key take takeaway for the mind is to focus, to have a vision for life. Like if, if um, my vision for life is, to let people know they are loved, right? And so I make decisions in my life based on my vision. Any, like creating a vision and knowing where we're going is so essential. So that's the first key for the mind, to know where we're going. Second is our emotions, to check in and know where we are at any moment. Even as I'm walking grace, I'll check in and say, am I in a fear-based state or am I in a love-based state? Am I scared? Am I happy? Like checking in and knowing where we are. And I know I choose to live in a love-based state. So if I check in and I'm nervous or anxious, I might be worrying about something. I'll say, Katie, you've chosen not to live your life this way. You want to live in a state of love. So I shift. I shift my emotions. I know how to do that through some breathing techniques. But first is to be aware of where my emotional state is at all times and then trying to shift it to a love-based state. And then on a physical level, it's things like, have I drank enough water? Knowing where my body is. Am I tired right now? Have I had enough water today? Have I slept? Am I eating the right foods that are good for my body that my body responds to? Um, It's just checking in with my body and seeing how does it feel today? and becoming aware of where my body is at all times. And lastly, it's spirit. And for me, I believe in God. And so I check in and I connect with God. And whatever that looks like in somebody's life, it could be um, the universe, it could be presence, it could be God. But connecting with a a higher source um, or connecting with the earth, like just that power that the earth has, So, again, staying connected with something outside of myself, but that is connected to me, um, is the last tool that I would recommend. So it's 
being aware of where I am in my mind, my thoughts, like, am I connecting with my vision? Am I making decisions that are in alignment with where I want to go in my life? Emotionally, am I maintaining that state of love that that's really where I want to be as much as possible? Physically, am I optimally feeding my body, resting, doing the things that are important? And lastly, staying connected to a higher presence or whatever that is in a person's life. As I've been listening and uh, tracking everything you're saying, the word connection and connected comes up a lot. So I wanted to highlight that for everyone is just connection to others, connection to self, connection to the earth, the universe, uh, one's higher power or source. Would you say this connection is one of the key principles of your way of being and what you feel so critical about personal transformation? Yes, that's a great um, observation. It's, it really is about connection. We're all connected in some form. And connection is what feeds, our, feeds us. And learning from others, connecting with others, we can't do it on our own. Um, it takes a village. It takes support. And that connection is so vital to living a happy and fulfilled life. And so important with where we are in our, uh, just our world these days. You know, you talk about leading with love versus fear um, or hate and how, um, how much fear-based information we get or are fed these days, some real, some not real, um, but how it just takes, we all just need to really focus back to your, the mind on, on this presence and, um, and on our emotions and are we feeling love? Are we feeling hate? Are we feeling worry and, and anchoring ourselves? And do you have a primary anchoring mantra or technique or something that brings you this connection and this um, stability for lack of a better word, like when groundedness, that's what I'm looking for. This sort of groundedness. I do actually I do a regular check-in at least every hour or two hours. I check in with myself and see where I'm at. And then I do a four-sided breath. And that's like a deep, uh, I count to four and I bring the breath all the way down to my belly button and I hold it for a second or two. And then I exhale for a count of four and I hold. And I do just three or four simple cycles of what I call the four-sided breath. Breathing in for four, holding, breathing out for four, holding, and that centers me. And Dr. Dan, I'm sure you know this, but that is just exactly what the nervous system needs. It calms down our nervous system when we breathe in and it helps center us. It's the quickest way I know, and it's very, very effective to do a a deep breathing exercise, and it only takes a few seconds to do it. I'm doing it right now. It, it is amazing how it's, it's such an immediate calming um, technique. It really is um, so simple, so basic. We can do it at any moment as, as a parent if they're with their child and, you know, they want to calm down or, they're, you know, they are in a fear-based state 
can do it without anybody even knowing. I can be in a meeting and I can feel fear creep in or worry. And I do a few rounds of the four-sided breath and I'm a different person. I'm calm, I'm centered, and nobody even knows that I did it. <laughs> <laughs> You're covert. It's from all your years of training. Covert. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Okay, Katie, it's time for the parent footprint moment question. Please tell us about a time when you became aware of yourself as an individual, an aunt, or a coach, and this awareness had a positive impact on your nieces and nephews and your students. Well, Dr. Dan, my awareness came when I was coaching young kids as a, I was a swim coach for hundreds of kids on some summer league swim teams. And I learned when I looked at them straight in the eyes, when they were talking to me and I was really present and just listened to them that I, they would then be able to hear me when I needed to coach them or teach them, but just holding space for these young kids and I was only in high school at the time. That's when my first awareness came. And I was had an impact on these young kids' lives. They were anywhere from six years old through high school. And that translated into, I'm an aunt of 15 nieces and nephews. And I learned when they started to grow up, I just was always holding space for them. And I was the aunt that listened. And they often tell me that, that I'm a safe space because I know how to listen and I look directly in their eyes. So I think I learned it as a swim coach that parlayed into um, my skills as an aunt. And then lastly, I just want to share with you that I had a book signing in Virginia a few months ago and some of my swim swimmers from 40 years ago uh, came to the book signing and we're sharing with me the impact that I had on them as a coach just because I was able to look them in the eyes and listen to them. And now we're all adults, and they're beautiful people. And just that simple skill that I learned at a young age of listening and looking people in the eyes has had a valuable impact as um, I influenced lives through my life. That is such an important message, and thank you for sharing that story. Uh, I mean, simply looking people in the eyes and holding that space for them can just be so powerfully healing and validating um, and um, make people feel safe and secure. So your nieces and nephews and your students are lucky to have had that with you. And um, we're, I feel really fortunate for you to share uh, your wisdom and Grace's wisdom with us today. I want to just reiterate quickly for everyone um, what Grace teaches us, uh, her four lessons, that uncertainty can turn into life's richest experiences. Simple acts of kindness can make a big difference look people in the eyes and connect and that every day is an adventure. Mm-hmm. Katie, I'm inspired by your work. I am going to do my best to live like grace starting right now. And then I'm going to do some four-sided breaths when I need to check in with myself. Can you 
tell everyone where they can find your books, your touring, um, your trainings, and everything that you have to offer. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, Grace's website is www.everybodylovesgrace.com, and her books are available there. And also, um, she's her books are for sale on Amazon. I should mention our second book is due out next week, and um, www.everybodylovesgrace.com and Amazon are where her books are available. Go get those books, everyone. Grace is going to help us transform the world, along with Katie, who is leading the way. Um, Or I guess you might argue that Grace is leading the way. You both are leading the way. Katie, thanks so much for being on the show. Wish you the greatest success. Keep doing what you're doing, and uh, keep spreading love and connection. We need it these days. Thank you, Dr. Dan, and thank you for all you do for all of us. All right, everyone, check us out at www.parentfootprint.com. We have our Parent Footprint Awareness Training designed to help you be aware and design your vision of successful parenting. Be the person you want your child to be. Think about Grace and her teachings. And always consider this. What footprint do you want to leave?